Welcome to the Career Zone podcast, where each episode we spend some time focusing on something that's on students' minds right now. I'm your host, Rachel, Employability and Careers Consultant with the University of Exeter. You can catch up on all of our episodes by doing all of those subscribing and following things. We're on Spotify and iTunes. I'm always like, same question, really. It's really interesting to know, you know, what made you decide to pursue a legal career in the UK as opposed to Singapore? I think a lot of it boils down to the working culture, because I think like in Asia specifically, you know, there's quite a lot of FaceTime culture where, you know, if somebody that's more senior than you hasn't left, then, you know, it's not right that you should be leaving before them even though you might have literally nothing to do and you just sat there at your desk just counting down the time but also I think there's quite a hierarchy sort of thing going on so back in Singapore where I was working with a partner but when I was like oh could we have a chat about something they'd be like oh I'm busy for the next two days I'll come back to you when I'm free but that's obviously in stark contrast with you know what you get in the UK firms where you know, a partner is really approachable. You could just knock on the door, you could, you know, drop them a message and then they'll be like, look, I'm in a call now, but put something in my diary to speak, you know, at three or at four. Or if they're really booked out of the day, they'd be like, put it something first thing in the, in the morning for me tomorrow and I'll be on it kind of thing. And they actually do that. They do honor it. They don't just keep pushing you off just because you are a trainee or because you, you know, you're just very junior. So I think that was quite good. And, and you know, there was no, like, you know, Obviously, you could just pop off to get a coffee and no one's going to be like, oh, why have you been away from your desk for, you know, Mm. 10, 15 minutes, for example. So I think a lot of that obviously was a huge factor. But I think another bit of it as well is, you know, especially in like my area, which is like banking and finance, London is pretty much a financial hub as well. Obviously, Singapore probably is. But I think the skills of like transactions that you get to do uh, and get to work with is obviously bigger and larger in scale you know you might do maybe a couple of million in Singapore but you know in London you get upwards of like 50 60 million sometimes even a couple hundred million deals and a lot of it tends to have a lot of overseas sort of components where you work with local councils say in like Jersey Guernsey Cayman Islands um, France Germany and stuff like that so you get so much more interaction with like overseas council a couple of them I've pretty much worked with on every other deal that I do so then it's kind of nice to sort of build that relationship, not just, you know, among people that's in your own office, but also with like overseas council. So I think all of that sort of made it the right choice, at least for me, that it's obviously better to pursue a career here than it would be in Singapore, for example. Yeah, it sounds like quite a difference, really, particularly the whole hierarchy thing. You know, that's, yeah. I guess for a lot of people, it would be much more favourable, wouldn't it, to be an environment where seniors are approachable? Because at the end of the day, that's how you learn isn't it you learn from people who are are more experienced but it's interesting but I wonder how did you know that it was different in the first instance so what I did was actually I did a couple of internships when I was in Singapore during the summer breaks because I realized I think in first year when you do apply you can only do like inside days or, or open days where you just do a day at a firm and obviously you know that's great but to be honest, that just seems to be more of like a, a situation where you kind of see what's happening at a firm for a day, but you never really actually understand what the firm does. Because obviously, you know, you put on the best show for a day, but you yeah. never really get into the food culture of the firm. Um, so yeah, so I did a couple of internships in Singapore doing summer holidays. That's when you really realise like the difference in culture. And I think what I did then was, and also probably quite a good tip I would say, is to try and do 
an internship wherever you're from in an office of a firm that you want to apply to. Mm-hmm. So in the past, there was a Singapore office for telewesting. Um, so I actually did two months uh, doing summer break in the office. Uh, and yeah, so it was there where I realized like, yeah, this culture is just not for me. Like, you know, it's just, yeah, I, I didn't, I mean, it was a great experience, but I wouldn't say like I enjoyed myself thoroughly. And then when I managed to get a vacation scheme with Telewessing in the summer of my second year, the contrasting culture is just quite evident. Like, you know, you got in there and like within the day, I was like, well, this is, this is weird because it's so different. You know, like associates were like really, you know, happy to chat, share experiences with you. You know, senior associates are, you know, they're not as scary as, you know, I was taught to believe when I was in Singapore. And I think that really me like yeah that kind of sort of made up my decision that yeah I definitely want to pursue a career in the UK yeah I think that's great advice to experience because without experiencing yeah. the environments you just you wouldn't have been able to make that decision would you and see for yourself that there's, there's that difference and it sounds to me like when you did the experience here it was just so clear to you this is definitely where I'd yeah. rather be so that's I think that's really good advice and yeah, always interested to know about your experience of securing a training contract as well and, and what that was like. I think rejection is pretty much a staple in every training contract application. But also I think recently quite a lot of firms have switched the way they recruit future trainees. So they don't do sort of, you know, like third part, like external, where you just apply directly as a training contract. A lot of them kind of want you to do the vaccine for two weeks before, yes. you know, they pick which obviously helps because that just means that, you know, you've obviously done two weeks there. You know, you know how things are. People know who you are, hopefully. And, and it's, it's just quite nice because then, you, you know, you sort of get into it and you realise this is how the firm is as compared to if you apply to directly as a training contract because you never step, set foot in the firm. You never worked with anybody there before. But personally, I've applied to, I think, probably 20 firms yeah. or slightly less. But I think... I know like a lot of people will be like, oh, but you know, maybe you should apply for more and then, you know, see what happens. But then I figured like it's easier or better to try to apply for the ones that you really want to join and actually like spend more time tailoring each application to the firm that you want to join than sort of give a blanket sort of um, application form. Because I think quite a lot of my friends did that. So they've probably applied to like 50 to 60 different firms over summer. And obviously what they've done is just copy paste it you know, each application forms and that obviously didn't help because I think when I became a VAC schema, graduate recruitment actually told us like it's very easy to see when applications have just been copy pasted from a different firm. And, you know, sometimes you think what you've done is quite generic, but then it'd be quite obvious to someone that actually know that, you know, it's it's definitely not for the firm they're applying to. I think that really was quite difficult because it's just basically resilience. And one thing I would say if you take nothing away is that a lot of it is down to luck. Genuinely believe like everyone who apply for it are capable enough and, and obviously smart enough to get a training contract. But sometimes all you need is just somebody to actually look at your application and be like, you know what, let's take a chance on this person. Mm-hmm. And and here we are. So I think I think if if you do get rejected, you just need to realize it's just part and parcel of the whole experience. Like, you know, it's nobody get applies to one and gets that one right away. I mean, some people do, but they're quite in the minority. I mean, in my first year, I think I only got like a 2-2 actually. So in some ways, I was pretty lucky for, for Taylor Weston to be like, yeah, we'll just take a chance on you, see what happens. So I say like, 
if you're worried that your first year and you got a 2-2 and you're like, okay, this is it, like, my law career is done, I, yeah, I wouldn't feel that bad about it because, you know, it's after all your first year, like, you've got two more years to sort of make up for it. And and a lot of times it's, it's not just, you know, like, obviously everyone's intelligent, so I don't think that's really a factor. I think that's brilliant, Gabriel. There's some really, really good points. And we advise students, like you said, not to do blanket approach and to... Yeah apply to a few a number of firms and really tailor them. What do you think it was about your application that got you through with Taylor Wessing? I would like to think that it helped that I did sort of an internship with the Singapore office of Taylor Wessing because yeah. a lot of times firms want you to demonstrate commitment to the law, mm-hmm. uh, which I think it sounds really ridiculous when you're a student because obviously, you know, like what can you really do to show that? So I think it, any sort of work experience that you can get at any high street law firm, any firm, in, you know, from where you're from or, or any sort of legal experience, regardless how trivial you think it might be, I think they will be incredibly useful. Uh, but also I think it's about looking up what the firm is actually looking for in a future trainee. A lot of firms have obviously very generic ones, you know, like team player, you know, organization skills, um, intelligence, blah, 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 which is obviously great. But what, I guess what they're really looking for is that, you know, they just want to know how the things you've done, you know, in your life so far, how do they sort of marry up to those qualities they're looking for? So it's not just saying I've done a work experience at this legal firm, like great, but more of how does that, or was there a time whilst you're there that you were a team player, for example, or, you know, you you demonstrated like your problem solving skills or, or something like that. So I think it's always trying to marry up an experience with a quality and, and trying to show how you've actually brought that out and how then that helps the fund because fundamentally, you know, it's all about what gives them more profits. And if, you know, obviously if you're organized, you know, you're, you're great at problem solving, then that helps the firm and that's what they're sort of looking for. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think, I think is sit down, have a thing about, you know, what areas of law you think you would be interested in and, and try and, draw up why you're interested in something and and how your current experiences actually help in in you know in that sort of area and and i think there are a couple of websites i can't remember to hand now but i know there are a couple of websites where they tell you what certain departments do in their day-to-day so use that to think about you know what kind of stuff they face what kind of like clients they'll get and how all your current skills help so like even if you're a sales advisor you know or a very start starbucks like you've got people skills because you need that to you know speak to people you need that to deal with conflict for example and and all of that are important skills that you kind of need even as 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 associate or even as a trainee so i think it's just sort of try to remember those things and not think that oh i've just did a summer job at starbucks like who cares like no one no one cares about it but like there are quite a lot of skills from there that i would think that you know you could obviously transfer even as a lawyer so yeah just don't discount all this you know trivial work experience that you think they might be Sounds like on your application, you were able to give a good overview of demonstrating that you had experienced a legal environment and you knew what the work of a solicitor was like. So you showed your commitment and you've shown that that was for you. But it sounds like also you thought about kind of your experience as a whole as well. And any part time, like you say, part time jobs you might have had, you thought about, well, what skills did I gain from those that I'm going to need as a solicitor and what examples yeah. can I give to demonstrate that? So, yeah, exactly. And they, a lot of firms do say that's what they're looking for, isn't it? They want to see the person as a whole. 
Yeah. Um, so I, I don't, and I think they realize it's quite difficult to get legal experience. Let's say, you know, when you're mm. like 15 or 16 or whatever. And, and they do accept that, which is why I think it's about what else you have done that, you know, puts you more of like an all rounder in a way and how those experiences yeah. help. So, yeah. So just don't ever discount any of those experiences that you've gone through and things like that. So you think firms do want to see you're not just all about the law, so to speak. You have got other things in your kind of repertoire. Yeah. And obviously, if you know, you join societies, you, you know, you took on leadership position, play rugby, you, you know, you play lacrosse, whatever, like put those in yeah. because sports are, is a great way to show that you're a team player. And, and if you guys keep winning as a sports team, that shows, you know, like, you know, you're striving for excellence, success, and all of those sort of qualities are quite good to sort of demonstrate as well. Because, yeah, so I think it's just sort of have a thing and that you've got to try and sort of paint yourself as a full picture rather than who you think you'll be as just as a lawyer because fundamentally, like, there is life outside of just being a lawyer and mm-hmm. the firms also want to see what you are outside of that sort of zone. And I think a lot of people kind of forget that really quickly because you think that, oh, they just want to see that I'm such a great lawyer or will be such a great lawyer and actually discount the human side of who you are, which I think is fundamentally quite important. Yeah, because I guess they want to be able to assess, are you going to be, you know, a good work colleague? Are you going to be a good fit to sit next to them in the office? And yeah, they want to so see like that my, as well, don't yeah, they? Yeah, and my first supervisor, I remember, he's in banking finance, he told me, like, look, fundamentally, like, everyone here is intelligent. But what we really care about is if we are really stressed handling, you know, five, six transactions, everyone's, you know, really stressed and, and, and we're working late. Can I share an office with this person mm-hmm. and actually not feel like I'm really annoyed with that person yes. so, or frustrated? <laughs> so I think like that's, you know, that's just one other part of it is like how you can make somebody else's life easier. It's uh, really so, important. And that, yeah. And that's mm-hmm. also people's skills, isn't it? Like, you know, you know, yeah. you can read the room, you know, if your supervisor stress, like what can you do to help them rather than just, you know, go in firing with lots of questions when you can see that they're visibly stressed or having lots of juggle. So I think a lot of that is people's skills that, you know, you don't just get from being at uni or you don't just get from doing a legal internship, for example. Like I think a lot of it just comes, there's just a bit more life skills than I think quite a lot of people realise in, in the application that they probably should try and put in and, and demonstrate that it's not just yeah it's not just your legal skills or your intelligence that that gets you there because like I say I think everyone is intelligent when you get to this stage so yeah that's the baseline isn't it it's also about yeah. who are you as the person and yeah. you know are you going to be a good colleague you did mention a website that you used yeah. so I'm wondering if it was possibly Chambers student their true picture it might have been that I definitely so use that a lot actually I definitely use yeah. that a lot because I think they do have interviews with graduate recruitment on I think one of the pages they do, uh, yeah. and then yeah so I definitely I definitely use that a lot but I can't and it might be that where they kind of explain to you you know what each sort of sector does and things like that but I'm pretty sure there was probably another website for it can't quite remember but I feel like if you google it you know even simple like what does a bank and finance associate do or something like there tends to be a couple of websites anyway and there we go legal cheat yes so let's Thanks, uh, Alex, that does also help yeah that's uh, brilliant yeah, and, that and I'll, help. Uh, I'll put chambers in in the chat as well so that's brilliant yeah. so thank you this was the career zone podcast brought to you by the university of exeter career zone check out itunes and spotify to keep up with all of our regular releases and if you'd like us to cover something else in another episode just send us a message 
hashtag CareerZonePodcast, at UOE Careers on Twitter, or at UOE Career Zone, or at UOE Cornwall Career Zone on Instagram, and we'll follow up in one of the next episodes.